Hello everyone. We were sent a couple of pictures to sum up the feeling after defeat at Gillingham. Andy Wood sent a bag of, well, you can guess. And Ben Pearson is getting used to seeing the League Two logo. One comment praising the foolhardiness of the pod was Chris Thompson. He believes we need medals for discussing this one. Jonathan Ditt sums it up with new manager bounce beats new player bounce. Josh Haywood sums up a lot of feeling. That was the one for me. If we were going to survive, not much hope now. Trevor Griffiths feels only a miracle will save Crew now. H. Robinson thought Crew lost to a very poor team tonight, the first half being unacceptable. Roger Wakefield believes they must all have been asleep on the train down today. Grant Coyley says giving it a go doesn't cut it anymore. That was truly awful. Some opinions on players. James says Finney can't start again this season. Graham Miles says it's like starting with 10 players. Pete Sandland agrees, but adds Murphy into that too. Ian Perry says the whole midfield is shocking. Toothless with little skill. Charlie Welch is not surprised Laurie wants out. The rest are out of their depth. Alex Wyman questions the substitutions. Was Chris Long ill? Craig Fisher saw some positives in getting the ball into the final third, but wants to know where is the desire to beat a man. Luke Bevington finds some promise in the new players who have come in. Greg agrees. Uwakwe looks like a real find, but it's too late. Alex Turner thinks he'll be great in League Two. Liam is worried where this team will finish in League Two. Andy Kinnear thought there was promise from the new players and it wasn't a pen, but it's now too big a hill to climb. Ant Copeland agrees on the pen. The game was split between a mess of a first half and dominating the second. Tim Robinson is finding it harder and harder to justify Artel's decision-making process. Adam Clawley thinks that Artel's days could start to become numbered now. Alex Smith says he is an optimist and he has been a Dave fan, but that was poor. Pete Robinson focuses on the opposition manager. He hates Neil Harris. Lucy says we simply can't score despite having opportunities. Such a shame when she travelled so far. Steve Dale has the last word, praising the die-hard 151 supporters who travelled down. Hello and welcome back to this special midweek Railway Men podcast. Um, the final whistle has just gone at Gillingham about five minutes after that has uh, happened before we started recording this. We're going to go through the game, uh, obviously not the result that we wanted. We've got our panellists today, they are Aaron Lewis. Hello, Aaron. Evening. Neil Price. Hello, brother. <laughs> Hello. And producer Dave stepping in from producer to talent seat today. Evening. Hi, Dave. Um, so, Aaron, like I just said, the final whistle has just gone. Um, describe that game. Um, I mean, it, well, it's not great, was it? Let's be honest. Um, it, you've got to bear in mind we are against a team we haven't won in months now. Um, we were Mid, midway through October with their last win. Jesus, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Um, and we were easily. Especially for the first half, I thought we were easily second best. You could probably get away with, and probably Dave Artelli saying to the media right now, you can get away with saying that uh, they've only gone ahead through a penalty that may or may not have been a penalty. I'd like to see it again, I think, to be honest, the incident. Um, but other than that, I mean, they did threaten more than we did in the first half, but they didn't take any of their chances. It looked very crew-like from them, to be honest. 
uh, especially in the second half then when they seemed to go into a shell pretty much and we did everything but score. Yeah, we'll go on to some of the, the crew criticisms in a minute. Um, Neil, their penalty that Aaron's just talked about, I personally, for me, it looked, if he's given it against Murphy, Murphy's got his hands up and if he thinks it's hit Murphy, fair enough. If he thinks it's hit Offord, Offord's got his hand down by his hip. Not a penalty. Um, Alex is there. He said, yeah, probably. Steve Hatton is there. He said, probably not. What was your take? Um, I suppose them answers show that, yeah, it could have gone both ways. If it was down the other end and I was in the stand, I'm screaming for that. But likewise, if he doesn't give it, I'm sort of like, yeah, it's, it's a what's it. Um, just sort of me sort of just appealing for sort of hope, really. But again, it's one of them. You, you've seen them given, you've seen them not given. And Dave, I'll come to you. Just just how poor were crew in that first half. Um, it's probably worth mentioning the formation change. Yeah, it was a bit unexpected that. Um, I, I didn't, wasn't really sure what the formation was going to be when I saw the team. Um, but then it just became apparent that the two new fullbacks were, were left and right. And I actually thought they both played quite well. Um, yeah, not a lot of quality that first half, was there? The one thing I thought, the one positive was um, Ali Buso at right back. Um, he looked pretty solid, did two or three defending tackles. He, yes, after one of them, he completely messed it up and passed it to their attacker who then shot and, and Will had to make a save. But apart from that, I thought he had... Uh, a solid enough first half and um, solid enough game. But yeah, as you say, wasn't a lot to shout about that first half, was there? No. And one thing that I've seen online by a few people, and I think Tim was one of the people sort of leading this, is we played 3-5-2 for months now. We've had Mika Mandron, we've had Callum Ainley, we've had Scott Robertson all filling in at wing-back. We've had Travis Johnson playing on the wrong side. We've gone out and we've signed Arsenal's right wing back. In a, you know, that's the system he wants to play in. We've signed a young lad who has come up through Chelsea's academy as a left wing back. Aaron, why the hell has Dave Artell switched to 4-3-3 after he has signed specific wing backs few, a few days earlier? Um, I, 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 don't, I don't have the answer. Um... For, for, for what it's worth, I agree with what Dave said. Um, and I think uh, on the other side that Awakwe was actually really good on the left, um, but they were both pretty much playing as wing-backs as well, I thought, which then, like you say, just left us very open at the back with only two centre-offs sort of being doing all the defending, which if, and again, come back to the fact that we're only playing Gillingham, but if we're playing a better team like we are, is it next Tuesday? Next Tuesday, yeah. Not to come on to that too much, but we'll be in trouble, I think, if, we are, if we're playing a very similar type system then. Um, I, I can't really say, I don't, I don't know. I can't really fault those two players. I thought they were probably our best two players on the pitch for most of the night. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very odd decision. I, the only reason I can think of is maybe that if he wants to, he wants to get Mandron back into a familiar position, he also wants to try and get some of the new forwards in there as well. So you've got to go three up front. But there was nothing that I saw there tonight that made that a good decision either. 
Do you agree with that, Neil? I know you had a little bit of an issue with um, specifically Alabusi's positioning, uh, but was yeah. he trying to play his natural game in a system where he wasn't asked to play his natural game? Yeah, I think that's it. With uh, like, you could tell like going forward, he he was really good. But like, I was just watching it, and especially the first, mainly the first half. I've given that like, and the the we lose the ball, and then he just be sort of just twiddling his thumbs at the top end of the pitch or something and then all of a sudden it's like as if he's just like sort of twigged and thought oh shit that's where I was supposed to be at right back and then like sort of started running like running back it's like I don't know it just seemed like it sort of it just completely sort of didn't realize that he was the right back like oh yeah that's where I should be but again I I think like probably a lot of people alluded to that they've been brought in to have three centre-backs and then sort of, I think they will be really good. I think, I, I agree with the other guys, Uwakwe was, he looked really, really good to me. He looked really good. Um, yeah, but, yeah, his position in first half especially just looked appalling. I thought maybe the new players, it sort of seemed to me like they didn't quite know the way we were supposed to play. I mean, they've only had two or three days training, haven't they? And it looked like, yeah, they've got lots of skill, you know, potential, but there was a few times when they didn't, they weren't playing the crew way or they weren't in the right position to receive the ball, if you see what I mean. I just, well, I, mean, I think that will come with time. What they did do, Dave, which isn't the crew way, is they had some shots. That is true. Um, <laughs> especially in the second half, you know, Dave, Dave Artel's going to have to coach that right out of them. Oh, yeah. That's not what we do here. Up the wages. Um, no, I agree with what you were saying. I think they were they were good. I think Awakwe especially, he looks like he's got the skills, the ability to take a man on and beat a man. Uh, he will, I think, be a great player uh, if he's allowed to play his natural game. Um, what I did notice, especially second half, is those new players, um, they they were chasing balls down. That I think the, the players that have played there all season would probably have given up on a little bit. Uh, and I, I don't know whether that's a confidence issue, but I think there is definitely something to work with there. Um, the other thing then that I want to talk about is um, substitutions. Artel went with Mika Mandron and gave Chris Porter a rest today. Um, it, Aaron, it became quite clear quite early that Mandron was injured. Um, and then so 32 minutes, Chris Long gets taken off and Sambu comes on. Um, that seems to have upset quite a lot of people online there can only be something like an injury or an illness or something that he, he's not taking him off of performance surely at that stage um yeah I, I agree um I mean when he saw the lineup at the start and you know we kind of had the idea that you saw that Porter had been rested and I know I've been a bit critical of Porter in the past but I still am you know I still think he can do a job I just don't think he can do a job twice a week maybe at the moment um, so I was quite glad he was getting rested for whatever that was worth for a minute. And I know in the past as well, I've been critical of Dave Artel for not making subs early enough, but that wasn't quite what I had in mind either. Um, like you say, I think there has to have been something that Chris Porter's, uh, sorry, Chris Long has said, or you know, he's, he's not feeling it, or he, he, there has to have been a reason other than performance issues for taking him off after half an hour because that's really bizarre I might say Mandron looked like he was carrying a knock at that point as well so unless it was just a case of which one can survive for another 10 minutes which one can go out and battle 
I don't, I don't know. Uh, I guess that'll all come out in the wash in the next couple of days. But sitting here at the moment, it's very strange. Yeah, listening to Radio Stoke at half time, um, there was a suggestion from Pete Morse and Graham McGarry that he had been taken ill long, in which case you can understand why he would come off. Otherwise, there's no way. If, if you knew Mandron was injured, he's not going to put a substitute on and leave Mandron on, is he? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, and I know Rotel does some ridiculous things occasionally, but I don't think he'd do that. So there's got to be another, there's got to be some kind of reason behind it. Yeah, that, that would be the logic. But again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on record, you know, we're now, what are we on? 84 podcasts. I think I've been in all but one or two of them. I'm quite a big Dave Artel fan, but even I am starting to lose faith. You know, the, the lineup today, the formation, that was, that was it. You know, if, if we had any chance of staying up, which I didn't think we did anyway, you know, that was our last chance today. I think the bar's now closed at the last chance saloon. That is it. Um, Neil, do you see any way back, you know, from this season, or is it now just a case of let's get to the end and rebuild, see where we are in the summer? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, game over. I think I, was, I read someone online the other day um, who obviously looked into it a lot more than me. I think he said that we need sort of eight wins from um, 18 games, which obviously now eight wins from 17 games. And Well, it's promotion form, isn't it, to stay up now? Yeah, that's, that's not happening in a world of dreams, is it? No. Um Aaron, agree with that? Is that it really? Is that, you know, yeah. season over? Yeah, I think I was sort of saying a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm all behind next year's promotion push now, I think, for me. Um, and I think, depending on which player, I'm not quite sure at the moment which players that we have got signed up for next year, especially out of players that we've just signed. I don't know how many were 60, six months, how many were 18 months, but um, we, we could have some good players and we could have a decent go of it next year. Um Trying to find the positives at the minute, to be honest. Yeah, it is worth remembering we we did record yeah about three minutes after the final whistle, so it's a uh, it's not a pretty happy place at the minute on this call. Um, second half though, Dave, they did give it a go, but it's no no goal since the Charlton game now. However long ago that feels, four games without a goal. Yeah, there was a lot of energy, wasn't there, the second half? And we looked decent. We had them under the cosh pretty much the entire half. But having said that, did we actually have a shot on target? Um, Porter had a shot that was off target in the 88th minute, which was a decent enough chance. Did you count Lowry's one at 90 minutes just as the board went up? Yeah. But, straight you know, at the keeper, but it was on target, I guess. It was a shot on target, yeah. But can you think of any other clear yeah. chance that we had? There's a couple Again, of long-range ones. A Wakwe, which I'm sure your claim was a shot and not a cross. Oh, the one that we almost went into the top corner. Yeah, 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 fair enough. And I don't, I don't I think, think you meant um, that. Aggie did one as well that was very similar, quite a bit, bit closer in, but yeah, similar sort of effort. Yeah, I don't count. I'm so I'm so um, um, surprised that how, a shooting from outside the area, I just forget about them. I don't consider them as shots. Neil? Yeah, no, I could say that, that Aggie shot was, yeah, really, it was a great save, to be fair. It was top corner. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah, we once scored, we were still playing now, would we? They put the possession stats up on the telly and it was something like 69% possession for crew. It was, I, don't know if, I don't know whether that was just the second half or that was overall, but either way, I mean, that you know, it showed how much of the ball we had and they were defending um, all the time. But yeah, we never really looked like scoring, did we? No, and I mean, that again, 
if, if it wasn't already obvious, the fact that we didn't look like scoring against Gillingham, um, let's be realistic, they were a poor team. Uh, they were there for the taking, 17 games without a win. They scored a penalty, but, you know, they didn't really offer much. I know Verdane Oliver hit the post second half, but again, Aaron, that was purely down to crew just not being a very good footballing team and letting him walk through the defence and have a go. Um, yeah, pretty much, pretty, pretty much in agreement there. It was uh, it, we were fully committed to trying to get the equaliser at that point, and kind of forgot the, about the other part of the game where you actually need to stop them from scoring another. I think um, because, like you say, we were all at sea for that, and I mean, Oliver probably should have done a lot better actually. Um, so second half, obviously, Aaron uh, did give it a go. Um, we had one sub left. It was Ollie Finney. Was that the right decision by Artel? Um, I think it was for me. Uh, although Finney had probably been more active in the preceding 10 minutes before he came off, I think he was fairly anonymous from the, the, the rest of the game, really. Um, I didn't see him do a lot. And a couple of times when he did seem to pop up, he'd be giving the ball away a little bit. Again, I felt like I was criticising him last time I was on. So it feels like I'm saying the same thing again. But I can't do anything else other than say what I see, really. Um, it would it would maybe make sense as well, uh, going on other players that were taken off. I think Chris Long, I don't think I saw him do anything before he came off, which, like I say, maybe if, like, like Dave said, if he's ill, that kind of will would make sense. Raises the question why he started in the first place, I guess. But, but I, don't, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, probably the right players taken off. For me, but yeah, had that not finished one nil to them with us with an arguably dodgy penalty, and it would have been nil nil, would we be thinking any differently? It would I, there wasn't really anybody who had a stinker of a game. It just you know they all did okay, um, but you could say the same for the Gillingham players. So you know, it's a bit, I think it's a bit harsh to single anybody out for doing anything wrong. It's just they just weren't good enough. I think that's a fair point, Dave. Um, one thing I think as well is we've got the three um, the three new new starters on today. So there's, at least for myself, there was a heightened level of optimism a little bit around what we could get out of them players. It's unfair, really, to put our entire season on them. But, you know, that, a little bit, that's what happens in your mind. And in the end, it was just very similar to the rest of the season from us. It was just, we, we didn't really look like scoring. We were a little bit too open at the back times. And we've... Uh, We've done the same thing, like I said, we've done multiple times where we're just not, not going to get back into a game. So, I'd like I say, if we did come away with that nil-nil, I'd probably gone, yeah, that was just another game that we've from this season. Um, so, and it also wouldn't have helped us really in the grand scheme of things either. So. No, nil-nil wouldn't have been any use to us anyway in trying to stay up, would it? So, in a way, does it just make the agony last less time because we know we're going down now? I like that. I like that line of thinking. I'm not sure I do. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm happier now that we, we can just write the season off and say that's it. Um, we can treat the rest of the season now as pre-season, can't we? We can just, you know, the pressure's off. Just try yeah. and get play in so we know what we're doing next year. See where else we can play Mika Mandron before the end of the season. Yeah. How, how good is he in goal? Chuck in the gloves, yeah. Um, Neil, you've been uh, a while since your last appearance. It, it feels, you know, like we do talk about Ollie Finney quite a lot at the minute. What's your take on him and his recent performances? Is he not good enough for this team, this division, or is he 
possibly a Ben Ricks, sort of a very easy figure to pick on when the results aren't going Crew's way? Um, there's definitely something there. He definitely seems a bit sort of anonymous. Anon- anonymous at the minute. You always uh, try and say anonymous on this pod and can never yeah. say it. I remember that last time. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, he he goes missing. But then the same can be said for, like, basically, because we can't play Harper today, it was either Finney or Ainley. And they're the same arguments every week with, with them two. Of they'll just go missing. I think, unfortunately, both of them, once they get released from, from crew, whenever that'll be, they'll just fall down the football ladder. And Poor Bale. Yeah, but, <laughs> but even well, like, if they go to non-league, I don't think they, even with the talent they've got, I don't think they'll stand out. I think they'll always be like, all right, like never, like they won't set a league alight, even if they move to like Nantwich or something. They they just go missing sometimes. It's quite harsh, Nantwich, I think. <laughs> I, I, mean, I wrote down Ainley did his classic. He gets the ball, he rolls it under his foot with his studs and then runs into an opposition player and falls over. Um, that was his contribution today. I'm, I'm tired of talking about Callum Ainley, to be honest with you. I'm sure people are tired of listening to us. I would say with Finney that I, I do... There's part of me that feel, does feel sorry for him because obviously all that quality that he sort of showed before his injury last season of getting in places and having all these shots. There is obviously a talent there, but I mean, I do feel that he does need to be taken out of the fire with sort of, he probably thinks his own, like his own performances aren't probably that great and sort of criticism that he sort of probably receives like on social media and stuff like that. Do you think that's why he's responding to it on social media? Because he's pissed off himself and he knows he could be better. Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, I don't blame him, to be honest. I, I think I would. Like, if someone tells you you crap or something, like, I'd bite, to be honest. Um, so I can't blame him for that aspect. If you're going to criticise someone, fair play to him for asking why. And I sort of, yeah, I have no qualms with that. I think with Finney, he's the sort of player where if he gets in, if he gets a chance, chances are he's going to score a goal. The trouble is, when have we created a chance for him in the last, well, all season, really? Has he scored this season? He scored, scored one and he shushed, he shushed the home fans, if you remember, in the, in the big right. stand. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's getting in the positions this year. You know, last year he, he did score a few before his injury, but he also missed a lot as well. Um, this year, we're not even talking about him missing a lot. We're just talking about, you know, the things that I read, the things that I hear is he's just not in the game at all. He's just floating around on the peripheral the whole time. Um, okay, Aaron, one last thing then before we finish with the Gillingham game. Um, anyone who's listened to Monday's pod already would have heard uh, the panellists there talking about Dave Richards again, goalkeeper situation again. Um, Artel has decided to change that. Will came in. Can't really say he could have any chance with the penalty. Didn't really do anything else particularly wrong or particularly brilliant, sort of a solid game in a defeat, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, can't really argue with that. It seems like the, the stand seems to be whoever uh, messes up basically ends up uh, losing their spot. So we had a, a mess up from, from Dave last time out. So then that brings in Will. Will probably stay there now until he has a, a howler and then we'll flip back. At the end of the day, we don't seem really committed to either one being the actual number one. 
Um, I can't argue with, like I say, what Will's done tonight. It, he's uh, he's not going to save the penalty unless he's really lucky, I guess. And then everything else was kind of, yeah, he just kind of, he wasn't terrible, really. For anyone old enough to remember, this is a bit like the opposite of... Um, when I was a kid, Peter Shilton and Ray Clements used to alternate in goal for England because they were both so good. But this is kind of, you know, they're alternating Jaskalainen and yeah. Richards because they're both crap. Like the, like the bizarre version. Exactly. It was good that we decided to end that on a positive, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will Give say, me. I can't say too much about Shilton because I think he played his last England game before I was born, Dave. And he's a dickhead. <laughs> right okay i think that's probably as much as i can handle uh listening to well talking about the the result that we've just watched um so we'll have a couple of chats about a couple of other things and then uh we'll call it a day we'll go on to really quickly predictions um it is a week away from crew's next game but i want to get some predictions and even if we're not going to have a chat about the game against plymouth just to keep the game going Dave, you're no longer one guess, one minute out, one minute average. Uh, you're now two get two guesses, 11 minutes out with a five and a half minute average. So you're still top Ooh. after your guess today. Uh, Mark, he stayed fourth. Tim stayed 13th. Steve, he slipped down from sixth to eighth. So uh, a little bit of a, a, a drop for him. So we've got top two on today's uh, panel, Dave and Neil. Aaron, you got yourself into the top 10 when you were last on. So, Dave, we'll start with you. What is your prediction for the first minute that Plymouth will score next Tuesday? 19. Neil? What do you reckon? I'm going to say you're going to say 45, Neil. Yeah, 45. Okay, Aaron? If he goes above me with these tactics, I'm, I'm it's a yellow card <laughs> offence at least. Um, I will say 10th minute did me pretty well last time. Fair enough. Just on that, Dave, if that had happened and Neil had been on today, you know, the 45th minute was about 15 minutes long, I think, with all of the injury time. So, you know, it, it's got a, it's definitely got a, a system in place. I know it? why he's doing it. I just think it's, you know, it's, it's not cricket. <laughs> nope, it's not cricket. <laughs> That's your other podcast, Dave. Right. Uh, let's talk about the transfer deadline day. There was one in um, and there's also been one out since we last spoke uh, on the pod. Rakeem Harper, Neil, what do you know about him? Yeah, um, not a great deal. I know that he got brought by um, Ipswich from West Brom for half a million in the summer. Um, so it's a surprise and they loaned him out so soon into the season. Um, but yeah, rave reviews though online. So I can't claim that I know much about him, but everyone seems buoyant by the signing. So we'll see how he goes. Do we know what sort of player he's supposed to be? Is he sort of defensive midfielder or creative? Or yeah, I think he's been brought in to fill in the Ryan Wintle space that Sean McDonald was brought in to fill uh, at the start of the season. I mean, he's been given the number four shirt as well. So can we assume that he's going to retire from professional football before the end of the season then? <laughs> or the next really? game, I think. Yeah, based on what he's just watched. If he's watched that tonight, yeah. Uh, I mean, Aaron, he does come with some pedigree, as Neil just said. He's starred at West Brom. He had loans at Blackburn and Birmingham before this half a million pound move in the summer to Ipswich. Um, there's also, you know, a little screenshot I've seen of when he's at West Brom as a kid um, three years ago that says Juve, Liverpool and Spurs are looking at him. So how's he ended up in South Cheshire? 
Uh, I saw that as well. I think it's probably a bad six months for him. Um, I don't think things have quite gone to plan for him at Ipswich, as far as I know. Like, um, I can't claim to have been tracking his progress for the last few months. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll look forward to him. It definitely seems like something we need in the midfield. We can stop trying to fit square pegs into round holes there. Um, if we've got somebody who can naturally play that position, it frees up the likes of Robertson or Murphy, whoever it's going to be, who's playing that week to play a little bit more advanced, probably, and a little bit more playmaker role, which is ideal, to be honest. Uh, it's exactly what we need. I just have a feeling we might be looking at him at the end of the season going, well, I wish we had him when things mattered a little bit more. Yeah, almost seems like too late now. He's only, he's only a lone player, so you know we're not going to be getting him ready for next season like some of the others. So what's the point? Um, but let's see. Let's see what he's like. As far as I can tell, the Ipswich lot, um, they want to very much to play him next season and they just want him to get games. Um, and so they're assuming he's going to be playing every game now to the end of the season, I think, and just getting you know ready for them for next season. I'd say it is funny, isn't it? Because we're sort of damned if we do, damned if we don't. Because obviously everyone's crying out for signings on sort of deadline day. And then you sort of make one, but then you got a massive game the very next day. Uh, basically, because we've ended up on the sort of the bad side of the result, it, you look at it now and think, well, we shouldn't just sign anyone. We should, should have saved some of them wages and put it into next season's squad. But, but you can't do that because then it looks like you're not get having a go. Like, so you, you, it's, a, it's a really weird position to be in, isn't it? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, for all our uh, naysaying over the last 25 minutes, half an hour or so, you can't, Dave, Dave Artel can't come out and basically roll over and say, well, that's it, season's done, can he? So I agree with what you're saying. No. I mean, I can. The season's done, um, <laughs> but he can't. Uh, there has been an outgoing as well. Uh, no surprise. Terrell Thomas, um, Aaron, I'll come to you. He's not got a club at the minute, I don't think. So it's not like he's gone and re-signed for someone like um, Donovan Daniels did, where, you know, mutual consent and then re-signed for Warsaw. Are you surprised? I can't, I can't imagine anyone really is. Um, I mean... So I think what it is probably is he is only going to be getting offers from teams like Walsall probably. And it seemed to me like he was meant to be going through this move up the leagues at last summer that didn't quite materialise. That's why he ended up with us. And he just doesn't want to be playing around this level, maybe. Maybe he wants to hold out and try and get somewhere further up the league. I don't know. It's a little bit odd, like I say, that's the only reason I can think of why he hasn't got a club entirely. Um, I think there probably is a decent player there. At the end of the day, he was just never. It was just never going to happen for him here. He wasn't. He didn't like it for whatever reason. I think, and yeah, it was just probably for the best of all parties that it's over with. I know it's all academic, assuming that we are going down, which we are. But I think you've got to. This time last week, we hadn't made any signings, have we? And we didn't. You know, there was no wages being freed up. Whatever's happened. You know, we've now got five new players on the books, got rid of a few, so we, you know, freeing up some wages. So you've got to applaud the board and Artel for that. But as Neil mentioned earlier, is it all just, is, is there any point to it? Well, I think three of them will be here next year. So obviously the, 
Ali, Biusu and um, Harper will not be here next season, but the other three will. And I think that it seems to me like that's deliberate. It seems to me like, you know, the club has decided that we are going to be short on players again in the summer. Uh, there's quite a few in the first team squad that will be out of contract that won't be signing new deals. Um, so let's do something about it. You know, Mika Mandron won't be here next season. I, Chris Potter can't, I, I, he surely can't be considering playing on for another year. I, I can't imagine he's really enjoyed this season. Um, so, you know, getting two strikers in was a good thing. Getting competition in at this wing-back role was a good thing. But yeah, the, the, the players that have gone as well, even though they were mostly terrible, uh, they would have been the higher earners at the club. You know, I don't think Callum McFadden would have come in for cheap and Terrell Thomas, who, as Aaron said, made it very clear straight away, just didn't really fancy it. He wouldn't have been cheap. So, you know, those are wages that we feed up. Possibly some of that has gone, but then looking again in the summer at keeping or getting new players in. You know, I would say that you just made a really good point that obviously we signed three players on sort of 18 month contracts. And like I looked at Uwakboy when it was, we were linked to him and stuff. And all the rumours were he's going to go to Sheffield Wednesday, Pompey, or I think it was Hibs. And then we got him. So obviously he's thinking, oh, League One football. But we got him realistically next year in League Two. And when his contract ran out at Chelsea, would he sign for crew in League Two? Probably absolutely not. So him and um, uh, Dan Agge, I, I can't help thinking that they'll be incredibly good as League Two players. I certainly hope so. I, I think, like, I think we've actually, in a strange way, pulled off a bit of a blinder by signing League One players when we're in League One, ready for League Two. I, uh, I think I saw somebody say, I can't remember who it was now, but they did say it was like just getting a leg up on the summer's business, really, trying to get it. Not like leaving it late like we did last time and you know, we end up with players retiring and all sorts, but this time we're getting it in a few months in advance, basically. Yeah, if you're looking on the positive side, I think that is a good way of looking at it. Absolutely, yeah. Let's let's be positive. <laughs> uh, guys, I think I might end it there. You know, we, f- we found a positive in the half an hour we've been chatting. So I think, uh, should we call it a day there? Yeah, let's go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Aaron, Neil, Dave, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to be back on Monday, but we will be back for Monday after looking at the Plymouth and Accrington Stanley games then. So until then, goodbye. Dang, 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 ding, dong, ding, blue moon.